Yes, back again, once again, the second Therapy Thursday of the 2024 calendar year. Come on in the room. Come on in the room, tag somebody. I need you to get to Therapy Thursday. You know how we do. Each and every week, I love to start off our Therapy Thursday sessions by just saying I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you for being intentional with your healing. So tag somebody up and down the chat. I'm proud of you. Add Michelle, I'm proud of you. Add James, I'm proud of you. Whoever you see, their username, tag them. I am proud of you. Family, I'm so excited to serve you once again for our Therapy Thursday. Uh, just due to weather conditions and scheduling, Isaac could not do this particular week. And I said, that's okay, bro, I got you. Um, there's something that has been beating on my heart that I believe will greatly edify everybody who is watching this. And do me a favor. Usually people do it um, in the comments section, but if you could like this, if you can like this video for the purpose of letting others know about it. Sometimes we have Therapy Thursday and people are like, I never heard of this and this is my first time here. Due to you liking it, it adds to the algorithm reach of this particular Therapy Thursday session. So it's not for a fan base or anything like that. It's for awareness so that people could understand, hey, there's a space where you could be intentional with your spiritual becoming and your healing on the inside. And one of the places that I get that is Therapy Thursdays, and it's free, Therapy Thursday. And I just want you to share this so that everybody can get enriched by it, healed by it. Um, I just have a few announcements, and then I want to share with you something that has been beating on my heart that I believe is gonna be very, very good for everybody watching this. First is we have an absolutely amazing, powerful, I mean like anointed men's conference coming in March. March the 15th, here's the information. You can go to thereturnofkings.com. You can go to that particular website and you can get registered there. We want as many brothers as we can to get to Houston, Texas, to get to the building. This is not a streamed um, event, unfortunately, but this is something that just sons are coming together to gather, to grow, because we firmly believe that once our men get better, our homes get better, marriages get better, communities get better, because God is always going to call Adam first. So our men's conference is March the 15th through the 17th. It's gonna be absolutely amazing. Um, we have um, Isaac Curry is gonna be there, Ezekiel's gonna be there, Will is gonna be there, I'm gonna be there, Herbert McKnight's gonna be there, our leader of our men's ministry locally. It's gonna be an amazing few days of just pouring into men so that we can become better sons, fathers, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandfathers. And I just believe it's gonna greatly enrich your life because you can never invest in you too much. Now, as we start this particular Therapy Thursday session, the reason I'm gonna be extremely passionate about this particular session is because I, don't, I do not want us to confuse adjusting as healing. We're not doing that in 2024. That's like 2023. We're not doing that in 2024. I do not want us to confuse adjusting as healing. Like 
Stop measuring your strength by how much you could take. That's unhealthy. Stop it. Stop measuring your strength by how much you could take. Just because you sit in a dark room for five or 10 minutes and your eyes begin to adjust to the darkness, that does not mean you have night vision. Did y'all hear what I just said? Just because you sit in a dark room and your eyes physically adjust to the environment, physically adjust, adjust to the atmosphere, does not mean you have night vision. I don't want us to confuse adjusting as healing. And this is what I call counterfeit healing. Counterfeit healing is when we adjust, adjust to toxicity because it has been going on for so long we now label that as normal. Counterfeit healing, counterfeit healing. As I was speaking to one of our bankers um, at our local church asking her, how do you really identify counterfeit money? There's so much going on that has counterfeit bills and counterfeit 20s. How do you identify counterfeit money? And she told me, she said, well, Pastor, the first thing that we do is we study the real thing not the counterfeit, because the counterfeit keeps changing. So if we study the counterfeit, by the time there's a new counterfeit, we're deceived from a former counterfeit. So we don't spend a lot of time on the counterfeits. Ooh, that's a word. We don't spend time on the counterfeits. We don't waste energy on what God didn't send. We don't waste emotions on what was never God's will. We don't spend time on the counterfeits. We study the real thing because due to us having an intimate relationship with the real thing, it's easier for us to identify that which is fraudulent. The first thing we do is we study the real thing. And then the second thing we do is we lift it up to the light because there's a certain mark that we're looking for that only the light can reveal. And that is what Therapy Thursday is designed to do. We are lifting up our hearts to the Son of God. We're lifting up our hearts to the Lord where he could shine on it. And watch this, the Son of God can cause for his light on us to become light in us, to enlighten us in areas that are still dark. There are certain things you could not see without the light because the light reveals. And due to you being in darkness for so long, you have confused that as healing when really it was just adjusting. And it takes for the light of God to cause for us to be enlightened to the areas in our life that are unhealthy and that are causing a breach in our spiritual development and our becoming journey. God, shine light on the areas that we can't see. Reveal to us blind spots so that we could be enlightened. Because watch this, I firmly believe one of the greatest weapons of hell Besides trauma, I taught us this before. What is trauma? Trauma is hell's attempt to bookmark your story. You never gonna get past this. What happened in chapter eight, you never gonna get past this. That divorce that happened in chapter 12, you never gonna get past this. That molestation, you never gonna get past this. But the devil is a liar. Just because it happened in chapter seven does not mean I have to take, I have to take chapter seven bondage into chapter eight or into chapter nine. 
God wants to heal us so that I'm not dragging trauma and giving it momentum to each season. That's the first thing. One of the greatest weapons of hell is trauma, but besides that, another great weapon that hell uses is confusion. I did a whole series on voices about this. One of the greatest weapons that the enemy is using, especially right now in this podcast era, one of the greatest weapons that the enemy uses is confusion. Why? Because confusion will cause for us to traffic in error and be passionate about it. Have you ever met somebody who is passionate, but passionately wrong? See, thank God for deliverance. Now I'm delivered. Jerry is delivered. I'm delivered from trying to argue with people who are passionately wrong. Because it's one thing if you don't believe. It's another thing if you won't believe. That's usually my first question. Is it you don't believe or you won't believe? Because if you don't believe, we can have a conversation. If you won't believe, then I'll just be wasting my time. Confusion, confusion. It is for us to traffic in error and be passionate about it. Or confusion is when we have settled at a level that's beneath God's will for your life. Error, <laughs> confusion, error. So if I can get a generation to confuse adjusting as healing, they'll be walking around with the limp and think it's the normal walk. Did y'all hear me? Let's talk about that on tonight for just a few moments. Let's speak around this thought from this subject for the second Therapy Thursday of 2024. Let's speak around this thought. When the limp remains. When the limp remains. Because believe it or not, every scar tells a story. This is good already. Every scar, every injury has a story to it. If you look at me, you'll see there's a scar on my elbow. How did you get that? It's a carpet burn when I was 10 years old. If you examine my middle finger, on my right hand, my middle finger's crooked. I broke it playing basketball at 15. I didn't know I broke it. I thought I just jammed it because people on the court were telling me, you didn't break your finger, just jammed it. And one dude actually was like, let me help you with it. Please don't ever let somebody practice on you and they're ignorant about the healing that you need. And to this day, <laughs> to this day, right now, 2024, my middle finger is still crooked because I was taking the error off of people around me and believing it as truth. Every scar has a story. When the limp remains. Let's pray. God, you're awesome. Thank you for this moment of us gathering together to be enlightened. We're asking, Holy Spirit, shine the light in our hearts and even in our minds to reveal to us areas that we are limping and we don't know how to recover from or we don't recognize that this limp is due to an encounter with you. How many more things must God dislocate until we exercise obedience 
and recognize that we're called to be Israel. We love you so much for it, God, and we thank you that you do it. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you put in the room, amen, amen. When the limp remains. See, this, this is something that I've discovered that is a truth for me, and it's also a truth for you. I want this session to be an investment in your soul care. This is a truth that I've learned, and it's also a truth for you, and that is the quality of my heart and the health of my soul affects too many people for me to ignore when the limp remains. One more time. The quality of your heart, Jerry, whoever's watching this, whoever's watching this, James, Candace, the quality of your heart and the health of your soul affects too many people for you to ignore when the limp remains. When the limp remains. Something has affected my walk. It's the limp. What they did or what they didn't do has affected my walk. It's that limp. What they said or what they didn't say has affected my walk, my walk with peace, my walk with Jesus, my walk with clarity, my walk with discernment. Something has affected my walk. It is the emotional grieving of a relationship that has died, but your soul has never eulogized it. Yeah. Your soul has never eulogized it. The relationship's dead, but the person is still alive. That's over, but I haven't eulogized it in my heart and that has caused for me to have a limp, a limp, when the limp remains. It's that swift temper. Does anybody, let me just be transparent. Let me use me, okay? I'm gonna be transparent and translucent for a minute. I remember during the 2018 and 2019 calendar year, just feeling as though I had a short fuse. I was really irritated, angry quickly, just swift. I just felt anger. I got counseling about it, trying to figure out what was going on. And man, just the Holy Spirit gave me this revelation that really changed my life. And I'll never forget it, and I wanna share it with you. And that is sometimes a short fuse our anger is due to prolonged sadness that never came out. Selah for a moment. <laughs> Sometimes anger is prolonged sadness that never came out. Never talked it out. Never had a conversation with somebody about it. And so everybody else is getting the secondary emotion of anger because anger is never primary. They're getting the secondary emotion of anger when they talk to me because there's sadness in my heart that I never dealt with. I thought by now I would. I thought I would use my gift like this. I thought by now this would happen. And so there was, there was this disappointment and sadness in my heart that I didn't even recognize that many times the reason your, your fuse is so short is because anger oftentimes is prolonged sadness that never came out. And then when you're like, okay, my anger's a problem, I'm gonna try to be kind. And so then you can confuse what
kindness and people pleasing is like. So which one is it? Am I a people pleaser or am I being kind? And sometimes people can't differentiate between is this kindness or am I being a people pleaser? And I wanna help you. I, I wanna help us. We have this chart so that you could see. I want you to see this so that we can fully understand that there's a difference between kindness and being a people pleaser, okay? So number one, kindness is a fruit of the spirit. So the Holy Spirit produces this. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, is to express concern. That's kindness. People pleasing is a need of validation, is to express the need of approval. You see the difference? Kindness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's when I'm expressing a concern. But people pleasing is a need of validation, it is I need for them to express that they approve my action. Approve me as a good person. Approve me as a good husband. Approve me as a good son. Approve me as a good daughter. Approve me as a good wife. And so my yes is tied to their approval because I'm doubting it myself and I'm a people pleaser because I need for them to validate that I'm good. Totally different from kindness and people pleasing. We gonna keep going. Let's go from the edges a little more. Number two, kindness does not sacrifice mental health or exchange peace. I can be kind without, without, without compromising or exchanging my peace or sacrificing my mental health. Because to keep peace out here, but it causes war in here is not a fair exchange. So kindness does not sacrifice mental health or exchange peace People-pleasing sacrifices mental health on the altar of acceptance and will exchange your peace. So I know mama's toxic, but I want her to think I'm a good daughter. So I'ma tell her yes. I know that they're taking advantage of me, but I want them to think I'm a good man, so I tell them yes. People-pleasers struggle with saying no. Those who operate with kindness don't struggle with saying no because they recognize that kindness is not something that you just extend. It's also something that you're filled with. I'm kind to me and telling you yes would, be, would not be kind to me. <laughs> telling you yes will be telling God no. So kindness doesn't sacrifice mental health or exchange peace, but people pleasing sacrifices mental health on the altar of, altar of appearance of acceptance and will exchange your peace for their attention or affection. Okay, last one. Kindness comes from a surplus of joy in the heart. I have this without you. I had this before the raise. I had this before the good news. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So it's when I have a surplus of joy in my heart. People pleasing comes from a deficiency of joy in the soul. This is so good, y'all. Did y'all hear me? Kindness comes from a surplus of joy in my heart. But people-pleasing comes from a deficiency of joy in the soul. And you think their validation, their affection, their affirmation, their approval, their like, their positive comment, their subscription will cause for you to experience joy, but it won't. 
All success does is exposes your joylessness. Doesn't cure it, it exposes it. This is a kingdom ethic that the Holy Spirit gives that I must have from my Father or else the cares of this life will always have power to evaporate it. This is why some people prefer happiness than joy because happiness comes from the root words happenings. I need joy, joy, joy. I just learn sometimes <laughs> anger is prolonged sadness that never came out. And, and here's the thing, when we talk about when the limp remains, everybody has a limp, everybody. Myself, you're watching this, everybody has a limp. What is that? I'm gonna give you a definition. A limp is an event or a struggle, something that you're wrestling with or you have wrestled with. It's an event or a struggle that happened that you no longer can hide because it's affecting your walk. This is so good, man. I wish I had this in 2018. I wish I had it. A limp, it's an event or a struggle. There's something, something that you currently are wrestling with or you have wrestled with that you no longer can hide it because it's affecting your walk. We all have a limp somewhere. Some people try to sex it out, club it out, drink it out, preach it out, work it out. Like, oh, this is rough. Could it be possible your last three relationships were you trying to get them to fix your limp? <laughs> your podcast is you trying to get people's like to fix your limp because you don't like you. Your last two marriages were you trying to look for a surgeon to fix your limp. See, this is how many of us get involved in something that I call reversed healer confusion. Reversed healer confusion. That's the disorder where I try to heal in you what's really broken in me. Reversed healer confusion. This is how we have comedians who are depressed and suicidal and marriage therapists who have six divorce. <laughs> I'm trying to heal in others what I really need healed in myself. We all have a limp. The question is, have you identified yours? Have you identified yours? What's your limp? The limp that you have due to betrayal. Now you push everybody away because you're like, I can't heal from another one. I, I can't. I can't heal from another one. And they might do this too. I can't. I'm done. Mm -mm, nope. So every single person that comes your way, you push away. And you're stuck. You're stuck at this place to where it's hard to accept what is. It's hard for me to accept what is. It's hard for me, for me to release what was. And it's hard for me to trust what it will be. I'm stuck right there. It's hard for me to accept what is because it's hard for me to release what was. And it's hard for me to have hope in what will be. Mm -mm. I'm done. I've learned manufacturing, I manufacture my own heartbreak by the expectations that I place on people. 
just because I have them at a certain posture in my heart does not mean that they have me in the same place. So I push everybody away. That's your limp. What's your limp? What's your limp? Or could it be the limp due to you, due to you trying to find love in bedrooms? Ooh. See, when you don't know what love is, lust will look like it. When you don't know what love is, sex will feel like it. When you don't know what love is, compatibility will imitate it. Where is your limp? Have you been able to identify it? Or could you have a limp due to you trying to avoid discussions? Hard discussions, I don't wanna talk about it. Just like some of our parents or grandparents, Everybody knew Melvin was an alcoholic, but nobody said nothing about it. Everybody knew that Otis was cheating on his wife. Nobody talked about it. What goes on in this house stays in this house. And what Jerry has learned is family secrets don't keep you safe, they keep you sick. So we don't talk about it. Confess your faults one to another and we will be healed. So if I don't confess, there's a healing that I won't get. Hear me, healing isn't found by avoidance. It's not. Healing is not found by avoidance, but rather, healing is found when we try to find the lesson in the pain. What I learned from that breakup, what I learned from that terrible church experience, I'm telling you, stop calling it church hurt. Some of it is cult hurt. What did I learn from that season where I viewed that my money was my source and my resource? Avoiding it doesn't bring healing. It's when I try to find the lesson and the pain when the limp remains. What is your limp? Or do you have a limp due to a series of disappointments? Because when disappointment has the last word, paranoia and doubt will have the first word. That's your limp. Or could it be a limp due to you wrestling with God? <laughs> See, it's not always people. It's not always trauma. Sometimes our walk is affected because you just won't give God your yes. And whatever it is, I'm talking to somebody, whatever it is that God has called you to do is so necessary he won't leave you alone. Whatever it is that God has called for you to do is so needed that he keeps talking to you about it. Record, record the podcast, write the book, write the book, open up your mouth, write the book, speak help start the law firm do it do it whatever it is you can't shake it that's how you know it's a confirm confirmation it's repetitive over and over and over it's like taking a road trip putting in the destination directions and pressing the gps every few few seconds what is it going to keep saying continue down 45 for 300 miles 20 minutes continue down 45 for 267 miles hour go by, continue down 45 for 68 miles. Whatever it is, the directions are not going to change. You just keep on being consistent in what God is telling you to do. What if it's possible for us to experience a limp because we're wrestling with the Lord? We're going to park right there in a minute for the remainder of this Therapy Thursday session, but this, this is just something that I want us to consider. Because oftentimes I, I hear people make the erroneous assumption that I'm going to therapy to get fixed. Okay, therapy doesn't fix you. 
Therapy doesn't fix you, but rather it helps you take off outfits that God never designed for you to wear. That's enlightenment. See, it doesn't fix you. It just shines a light on the fact God never meant for you to wear oppression and depression. That never was an outfit that he had designed for you in the wardrobe of your purpose. Never. It's not fixing you, but it's enlightening you to that outfit, Saul's armor. I can't beat my fights wearing somebody else's armor. It's when God is showing you, you're wearing an outfit that I never designed for you to wear. This is why, hear me, we got to be careful with adopting cultural colloquialisms as truth. For example, time heals all wounds. That sounds good, but that's not true. <laughs> time does not heal all wounds. Sometimes all time does is teach you how to live with the limp. That's it. All time does is teach you how to walk with the limp. It teaches you how to hide it. It teaches you how to lie about it. It teaches you how to cover it up. And ever so often, you hit a season where you can't hide it anymore. I can't hide what happened. I can't hide what they said. I can't hide the disappointment. I can't hide the guilt. And so God is saying, let me enlighten you. You were never supposed to wear that. Stop with the mindset, I'm gonna come to God when I fix this. This doesn't fix you. This causes for you to become the you that I cosmically created for you to be. I always knew that you were gonna make that mistake and I still die for you, I still want you and I still love you. I always knew that you were gonna marry that person and I still love you and I still want you and I still call you. Gifts come without repentance. I'm not taking it away. It's just that you don't have peace because you're pushing me away. When the limp remains. And I'm so thankful that we serve a God that even when we hit a dark place, he'll still be there. He'll still be there. I want to I want to show us this this biblical text. I don't believe there's any other passage of scripture that could better complement and corroborate my claim. Like this biblical narrative in Genesis 32, verse 22. We're going to launch our reading and I'm going to exegete it as we go, give you some points and then you can have a wonderful night, okay? Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. It says, and he arose, speaking of Jacob, that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed over the Ford Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and he sent over what he had. He sent over what he had. He sent over what he had. Ooh, if I was at a pastor's or a leader's conference, I would say, notice this is what a lot of us do. We try to put our accomplishments first. We put our gift up front. We put what we have achieved up front. We, 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 put, we put our successes up front to hide that we're Jacob. Maybe if I could put this forward, maybe if I can give Esau all these gifts first, maybe he won't kill me when I'm when I meet him verse 24 then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day now when he saw that he did not prevail against him he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him somebody say ouch <laughs> and he said let me go for the day breaks but he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Notice the shift, wrestling with God. Now, 
holding on to God. Okay, so he said, what is your name? He said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he noticed the capitalization on he, and he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as I crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. <laughs> he limped on his hip. I was wrestling. Didn't want, I understood, I'm not just wrestling with the man, I'm wrestling with God. The wrestling shifted to holding. And then he said, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. I want us to put this, this confession in the room, in all caps, let's break this down and let's have a good night, okay? Can I get us all to say, Father, all caps in the room, Father, help me shift from wrestling to holding, you break chains, not promises. I feel this, y'all, I got goosebumps. Look. Father, help me shift from wrestling. I don't know who I'm talking to. Whatever it is that you've been wrestling, wrestling, stop wrestling, hold on to my promises. Hold on to my word. Hold on to my decrees. Hold on to my statutes, hold on to my love, hold on to my word. Help me shift from wrestling to holding. Why? Because you break chains, not promises. If we look at verse 24, it says, then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Gosh, there's so much to unpack here. I can do a whole series just from this. I'm, all right, so Jacob is a deceiver, manipulator, con artist, if you will. The dysfunction of falsehood resides in his bloodline, okay? And so now he's at a place in his life where he has to face who he is because who he has been is catching up to him. This is why I always try to tell people, you can never outrun you. You can get fake lips, you can get fake hips, you can change your eye color, you can change your hair, you can change your butt, you can change your breasts, you can change your spouse, you can change your career, but you can't outrun you. So wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> wherever you go, there you are. Who he has been is catching up to him. Finds himself terrified. I gotta meet my brother Esau. The one that I stole or I tricked out of his birthright. I, the one that I manipulated to get his blessing. I gotta meet that dude, my brother. Like Jacob was skilled in cooking. Esau was skilled in hunting. This don't sound like a fair boxing match. 
You need to be on Chopped and Cupcake Wars. He's UFC and Man versus Wild. And y'all, so he's terrified. He finds himself at this, this place where he's, he's, he's nervous and he's wrestling with this man. Who is this man? See, I don't want us to just read the text. I want us to exegete it. Who is this man? This man. It's the same man that we see Abraham tell in, in Genesis chapter 18, please don't pass me by. It's the same man in Daniel chapter 3 that King Nebuchadnezzar was confused about as he's looking in the fiery furnace and he sees a fourth man in the fire with him. Who is this man? Let me give you a word that we learned in seminary. It's called a theophany or Christophany. It's when we see God in scripture before the virgin birth, okay? So I, I'm having this encounter, this wrestling match, not with man. So you think you're fighting your boss. You think you're fighting your employer. He's having this wrestling match. And then his hip gets out of socket. And then the Bible says at daybreak, please don't miss this. Every word is intentional, okay? He's wrestling with him at night. So I can't see who I'm fighting. The darkness is symbolic of the place that Jacob is in, in his heart. Then at daybreak, what is daybreak? Dawn. So watch this. Once it dawned on him, who he's wrestling with. Did y'all catch that? Daybreak, dawn. That's when light is able to shine and you could see who you're wrestling with. When it dawned on him or when he got enlightened. When he was enlightened, who he was wrestling? I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. And God doesn't just bless him there. He first asked him, what's your name? God knows all things, right? Well, Pastor, how you know it was God? Because I kept reading the Bible, verse 30. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life was preserved. Sometimes we stay ignorant because we stop reading. Anyway, how, how does, why does he say, what's your name? It's the same type of question that God was asking in the garden. Adam, where are you? It's not as though God is bad with hide and seek. Where are you in your mind? Where are you in your relationship with me to where you thought, that a serpent's counsel was better than me. Jacob, I'm not even gonna ask you to tell me your name. I, I want you, I'm not even going to tell you your name. I need you to tell it to me. What is your name? This is where healing starts, honesty. I'm Jacob. What is your name? I'm a deceiver. What is your struggle? I watch porn. What is your struggle? I get high. What is your struggle? I'm hurt from what my mom said. Once I could shine light on the struggle, then he says, okay, you're no longer gonna be called Jacob, but Israel. The change happens after the confession, okay? Can we go a little deeper? This is the part that messed me up. After he says, 
you will no longer be called Jacob. You will be called Israel. When you study the Bible, you will see that God is not referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. He's referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Looking at this story, I'm like, okay, well, why, you change his name. You change Abram to, to Abraham, and you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why, why aren't you the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel? What if God is trying to show us, I'm the God of that struggle too? Yep, that part, I'm the God of that too. That, that part of you that you feel ashamed of, that you, I'm, I'm the God of that too. Your failures, I'm the God of that too. Your shortcomings, I'm the God of that too. Your weaknesses, I'm the God of that too. What you're looking for can only be found in me. It's not gonna be found in the hooker. It's not gonna be found in the Hennessy. It's not gonna be found in the cheap sex. Cheap sex is like bad food. It's like fast food. It's terrible for your health and it'll constantly cause for you to put on weight that you don't need to carry. And this is putting weight on your spirit. This is putting weight on your soul. You in the gym because you made a resolution. I need you to lose weight off your heart. I'm the God of Jacob, not just Israel, that struggling part of you, that wounded part of you. When the limp remains, what if you're limping because you've been wrestling God? How many more times does God have to dislocate something to get your attention? because when he doesn't have your attention, he will disturb what does. Four points. Number one, he knows your struggle and still wants you. Whatever it is. All shame does is try to keep receipts on you that God has already submerged in the blood of Jesus. That's it. Hear me. God accepted you before they ever rejected you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Number two, whoever can't get over your past is giving you a revelation that they should stay there. <laughs> I can't, you did, okay. I understand that you know me by Jacob. Whoever can't get over my past is giving me a revelation that they should stay there. Like I articulated two Sundays ago, God will bring restoration with your reputation to people who are part of your elevation. That's it. They can't get over it. They must not be a part of my tomorrow. Number three, a limp with God is better than a jog with the enemy. A limp with God is better than a jog. I should have said a sprint with the devil. A limp with God is better than a sprint with the devil. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, not just Israel, but also Jacob. Last point, number four, that brought Israel out. That brought Israel out. See, there are two yous on the inside of you, Jacob and Israel, okay? Sometimes it took for you to wrestle. It took for you to limp. It took for, 
It had to happen. It took for Judas. Anytime Judas shows up, it's because something in you needs to get on the cross, period. It had to happen for Israel to come out. And I just wonder, who's watching this? Who's watching this that's focused on the limp more than you are your transition? Without this encounter, without this theophany, this Christophany, this, this one-on-one panel experience, when God is putting some light within him, Israel wouldn't have come out. So when you are intentional with coming to Therapy Thursday, this isn't, this is not a short sprint. This is a marathon. Healing can get messy. Healing can take time. It's all for the purpose of God bringing out your Israel. Bring out the person that I've called for you to be. That's that's not who you are. That's who you became due to who they were. But that's not you. That, that's culture. That's not you. That's trauma. That's not you. Take off that outfit. Therapy doesn't fix it. But rather, it's God showing you outfits that you're wearing that I never designed or ordained for you to wear. It took that. It took that pain for me to pray like this. And don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not saying that God has to use pain to teach us, but for some of us, that's the only way we learn. It leads me to what I'm talking about on Sunday, let it burn. We have a weak Christianity in the Western Hemisphere. Western Hemisphere has a weak Christianity, fragile faith, glass faith. You get disappointed in church, you leave Jesus altogether. Not just leave that building, You'll leave Christ altogether. What would you do if you had to suffer for the name of Christ? Sometimes, just sometimes, shift your perspective. If I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have brought out my Israel. That activated my redemptive potential. I had potential, period. But there's another level of power I got once I had that face-to-face -face time with God. And the beauty that you and I have now is the veil has been torn and we could be face-to-face. -face. I could spend that communion time with God. Is this limp my choices? Is this limp due to what somebody did or said? Or is this limp due to me wrestling you when the limp remains? God. Thank you for dealing with our Jacob at night and not at noon. At night, it's just you and me. At noon, everybody can see, and you don't get glory out of embarrassing us. So you desire to put us in a dressing room and take off wardrobes that we put on from culture, from music, from parents, from, parents, from whatever it may be. Help us identify each and every outfit that doesn't match what you've called us to be in the earth. We're asking that you do it in Jesus' name. Amen.